If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. A PW Torch VIP membership doesn't just give you ad-free access to these shows and a ton of other VIP-exclusive podcasts throughout the week, but you also gain access to our unmatched, vast library of wrestling history, our contemporaneous week-to-week coverage through our Pro Wrestling Torch Weekly newsletters dating back to the late 1980s, along with streaming and download access to hundreds of retro radio shows from the 1990s, including some of my interviews with wrestling's top newsmakers in the 90s. And also, our podcast library dating back to the year 2003. There's no larger, longer-spanning pro wrestling podcast library than that that comes with a PW Torch VIP membership, now approaching 20 years of podcasting. Go VIP and dive into our post-pay-per-view roundtables, our coverage of some of your favorite eras of wrestling, top-name long-form interviews, and special format podcasts that we've done throughout the years pwtorch.com slash govip. We have a streamlined sign-up form, and you can pay with PayPal or directly with your credit card or debit card in one or two minutes. From right now, you can be a VIP member and diving into our library, pwtorch.com slash govip. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline.
If it's Sunday, it's Wrestling Night in America here on PWTorchDailyCast.com. Good Sunday evening, at least for a few more seconds. It's 11.59 here on the East Coast. I am Pro Wrestling Torch columnist Greg Parks here with you to discuss all things AEW Revolution, which uh, just went off the air a few minutes ago with MJF having retained the AEW World Heavyweight Championship over a game Brian Danielson in a 60-minute Ironman match that took sudden death overtime to decide this one. So we'll talk about that and more here on Wrestling Night in America. Uh, don't forget you can find me on Twitter at Greg M. Parks. You can call in. We're live, and we'd love to hear from you. 515-605-9345 is the number to call. And you can email us, WNIALivecast at gmail.com. So uh, we've only got a couple people on hold that we'll go to. So if you want to get in line, feel free to call in. Real quick, as we always do here on Wrestling Night in America, when we're covering the uh, pay-per-views or PLEs, I like to go through so that we're all on the same page and talk a little bit about the matches themselves before we get into the phone calls. The show started off with Ricky Starks defeating Chris Jericho in the opener. This is one of a number of matches that saw... Uh, the right person, the up-and-coming babyface, go over at, at a necessary time. You know, you look at Ricky Starks and the build. It's been a little uneven since he first burst onto the scene, feuding with the Jericho Appreciation Society. So I thought it was really important that he get a very decisive, very clean victory over Chris Jericho here tonight. He did that for the most part in the opening match. It was a good match, but... As opening matches should be, uh, more often than not, it was a match that would not take attention away from any others on the show in terms of of real high-quality stuff. This was a good match, but um, it's not one that you'd say, gee, that one's a really hard one to follow. Um, So I'm sure we're going to talk a lot about follow-up tonight as well in terms of you know, these wins by guys like Ricky Starks, and we'll talk about a few more of them coming up, but um, it's, uh, you know, it, it's one of those ones that he needed to have. And, and I would say the same thing about match number two, Jungle Boy Jack Perry defeating uh, Christian Cage in a final burial match. I wasn't real thrilled about the stipulation here. Uh, the one thing that I thought it helped Jack Perry do was show a more, um, I don't want to say sinister side, a darker side, but a a more aggressive side. And, you know, a lot of people are looking at him as a potential top babyface, granted years down the line. But, you know, I think if there's one thing you can say about the, his character and how he's pr- been presented so far, it, it's been a little soft. And so I think he needed to be a, have a little harder edge. And it's not something that he needs to have permanently. He doesn't need to be brooding around like he's a Triple H creation, you know. Um, but I do think he needed that harder edge, and, and he needed uh, to show that, you know, he could throw down in this kind of environment. And he did with Christian Cage here. He took the fight to Christian Cage. He was the aggressor at various times throughout the match. And I think this is, you know, Ricky Starks gets a, not a career-defining victory, but... Uh, certainly a big victory, one that you can look back on perhaps uh, a few months down the line uh, over Chris Jericho. I think this win by Jungle Boy, given the nature of how this feud and how long this feud has progressed, I think we'll be saying the same thing about Jungle Boy Jack Perry in this win over Christian Cage. Another good match. Uh, again, the the stipulation felt 
uh, a little out of place other than to get Jungle Boy a little more aggressive here in this environment. Match number three, House of Black won the trio's tag titles from the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega. As you imagine, this is a contender for match of the night. Uh, the trio's titles changing hands here. I guess the, the big thing coming out of this for me is, and I'm a guy, and, and I tweeted this out during the show, Like I get that having Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks in a, a trio's title feud sort of sucks the energy out of the main event scene by not having Kenny Omega a part of it, sucks the energy out of the tag title scene because the Young Bucks are, are not really focusing on, on the tag division. Um, and, and those are big stars that are not in those divisions because they're wrestling for you know a, a third-level um, title here. But they're just so fun to watch, and they're just so darn good at it. Like, I'd be okay and, and it's it's nice that they have this that they can lean on, you know, when the Young Bucks feel overexposed in the tag division or when Kenny Omega is not in the title picture and you don't want to have him doing something that feels beneath him in a singles feud. Uh, you know, you have the ability to throw them here in a trio's title feud, and I think that's a good thing for AEW. I think it's a good thing it freshens up the characters, and in some ways it freshens up those divisions. It gives new opportunities to wrestlers who otherwise wouldn't have those opportunities if the Young Bucks were, were in a prominent position in the tag division, or if Kenny Omega was in a prominent position in the, the singles division. So, um, you know, I do think it's a, it's a good thing. Obviously, the match was really good. Brody King and, and Malachi Black were throwing kicks like there's no tomorrow, and every one of them looked like they connected. I mean, they got their, their money's worth on each and every one of them, so um, that was really cool to see. Match number four, Jamie Hayter pinning Ruby Riot uh, and also defeating Soraya in a three-way to retain the Women's Championship. Ruby Riot turned heel after the match, joining Tony Storm, joining Soraya in a post-match uh, beatdown of Jamie Hayter and Dr. Britt Baker. So um, one thing that stood out to me about this one is I thought this was as comfortable as Soraya has looked in the ring since she started in AEW. This was her best match since being in AEW. And I thought overall it was a really good match. I think three ways are kind of hard to, to gain flow, but I thought this one was really good, and I was uh, really um, pleased with how it progressed, how it was set up, and, and how it um, how it came down. Match number five was, if you can call it a match, I'm not sure some people would even call this a, a wrestling match, but it was Hangman Adam Page defeating John Moxley in a Texas death match by hanging Moxley over the top rope with a chain around Moxley's neck. So we talk about Ricky Starks, we talk about Jungle Boy Jack Perry. I think you add Adam Page to that. I think he really needed a signature win. As strange as this sounds for a guy who's been an AEW World Champion before, he needed this signature win. He needed it over someone the level of a John Moxley, uh, who's been goading him and egging him on in this feud. Page needed to meet Moxley where he was. And I think similar to Jack Perry needing that harder edge, I think... Um, you know, we had seen Page throughout this feud really rising to Moxley's violence level. And I think we needed to see that, too, in this match. And we for sure saw it. It was forks and it was barbed wire and it was barbed wire chairs and it was 
all the gory machinations that we've come to expect from a John Moxley match right here in this one. So um, this was uh, everything that you would expect a match like this to be with Adam Page and John Moxley. It's hard to rate, hard to say good match because you know there are people who, who don't like this style of match. It's not my favorite style of match. It's kind of what you've come to expect from John Moxley these days. So um, you know, be, be interesting to see where Moxley goes from here. He he did uh, tap out uh, in the Texas Death Match, which is pretty unusual for John Moxley. You know, usually if he's losing, it's by passing out in a submission hold or something like that. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Daily Cast listeners, thank you, first of all, for streaming the shows. Be sure you're subscribing. Just search PW Torch in Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to pro wrestling podcasts. But while you're at it, if you're not yet, please subscribe to the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Podcast and Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Post Shows. Search Wade Keller and see two logos pop up, a blue one and a red one. The red logo, the post shows, cover Raw and SmackDown each week with a fast turnaround time of a couple hours after the show's end. And also every Saturday we present a flashback to our analysis from five years ago that week covering Raw. Jason Powell from ProWrestling.net joins me and we analyze what happened on Raw five years ago. So check out that time capsule every weekend. The Blue Logo Show features the Thursday flagship, plus our first-run interviews, our classic interviews, and our mailbag segments. So, again, search Wade Keller and click subscribe to both the Red Logo and the Blue Logo. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. 
Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Uh, match number six, uh, the come down match, of course. Wardlow defeating Samoa Joe to win the television championship via choke. Um, you know, I thought Wardlow oddly looked good. I thought he looked better um, without the ponytail. So I kind of think Samoa Joe did him a favor there with that. Um, I, I Wardlow, I would group him with Adam Page. I would group him with, with Jack Perry and Ricky Starks in terms of needing a big win, a signature win. I didn't. I wasn't as confident he was going to get this here as um, I was with Starks, as I was with Perry to a lesser extent. Page, you had uh, Powerhouse Hobbs, who was in one of the skyboxes watching this match, and Hobbs has been built up. And I guess, you know, you put two and two together, Hobbs a heel, Wardlow a babyface, it makes sense for, for Hobbs to be chasing Wardlow rather than the heel Samoa Joe. So from that uh, vantage point. It makes sense for Wardlow to have the victory here. Um, but yeah, the king of television is no more, at least for now. We'll see if he ends up getting it back. But uh, this was just a match. I mean, it was okay. It's still amazing to see Samojo at his size and at his age doing those dives through the ropes. Um, God bless him for that. Um, but yeah, Wardlow gets the victory, and, and I was pleasantly surprised by the result here. Uh, the semi-main event, match number seven, the Guns defeated Jay Lethal and Jeff Jarrett, the acclaimed, and Orange Cassidy and Danhausen to retain the tag titles, and uh, FDR returned. So I, I think most people thought you know the acclaimed would win the titles back here. Um, I thought their reaction tonight was not as um, great as I thought it would be, for lack of a better term. So I, I think they've been damaged by the loss, and so I thought they'd get the titles back here. With FTR returning, it kind of makes sense. You know, you want the FTR's babyface, you want the titles on the heel, so uh, guns uh, make sense there. Although you could have done Lethal Jarrett, that might have been a more interesting feud, um, especially given Jarrett's history and his family's history in the territories, and and you know that's a uh, something that FTR, that era of wrestling, that that they hold near and dear in their hearts. Um, but yeah, uh, the Guns uh, get the victory here. So a little bit of a surprise. I would I would call this a surprise that they retain. Uh, but it looks like they'll be heading to a feud with FTR. So fair to wonder where the acclaim goes from here now that they're not going to be in the title feud. So um, just interesting booking with the acclaim there. I'm not really sure what that's all about. And then match number eight, the main event, Brian Danielson and MJF. MJF winning in sudden death overtime uh, to defeat Brian Danielson and retain the AEW World Heavyweight Championship. It did go to overtime. I got to check the time on that. Um, but it was uh, D- Brian Danielson getting the first fall. Um, 
and then the second one due to low blow, so then it was 2 nothing. but MJF got two quick pins to make it 2-2, two to two. so ultimately he gained a fall there, but even though he, he uh, the, it was a net gain of a fall, even though he, um, he did the low blow, and it ended up being 65 minutes according to Wikipedia, so about a, a little more than a five minute overtime. Um, about 20 minutes left, MJF went up 3-2. About 10 minutes left, Danielson tied it at 3-3. It was called a draw at that point. The fans, nobody was leaving, I think, even though there was uh, some negative chance about the finish, that they, they kind of knew something was up. Tony Schiavone was given the word in his earpiece from Tony Khan to go and restart the match, which is a little suspicious. Justin Roberts, the ring announcer, has his own earpiece. Why wouldn't he say it right to Justin Roberts and cut out the middleman of Tony Schiavone? Uh, unless Shivani is acting on his own against Tony Khan's wishes. I don't know. Uh, he hates MJF so much, I, I think he wanted... Now, I, I, no, maybe maybe I'm just conspiracy theorying here uh, with Tony Shivani. But MJF ended up getting Brian Danielson to submit in the LaBelle lock after he used an oxygen tank. Yes, an oxygen tank. One was brought out uh, to give him a oxygen at the conclusion of the 60 minutes. It was uh, stuck at ringside. When they went into overtime, he bonked Danielson on the head with it and put Danielson in the label lock. Danielson ended up tapping out. So that was Revolution. Uh, another really good pay-per-view. Um, I- I'm not sure it was... I'm not sure the in-ring level was to what some of the, the AEW shows have been in the past, but it was just so darn consistent up and down the card with the ring work. So I was really impressed by that. So uh, if you're just tuning in, you, you tuned in a little late, you saw the uh, tweet by the PW Torch account, and you found us here. This is Wrestling Night in America. I am uh, Pro Wrestling Torch columnist Greg Parks. I am here each and every weekend, every Sunday night, usually 8 p.m. Eastern, unless it's like tonight and there's a pay-per-view uh wwe's on saturdays will go on the air right after that show taking your phone calls and emails love to hear your instant reaction to these uh pay-per-views you can call us up 515-605-9345 press one if you'd like to talk if you'd just like to stay in the queue and listen you can do that too you can also email us anytime wnia livecast at gmail.com we've got a couple emails in the hopper ready to go tonight about um about this pay-per-view. So uh, let's go right to the phones. 410 area code. I believe this is Reverend Keith from Baltimore, Maryland. Reverend Keith, uh, welcome to Wrestling Night in America tonight. Thank you for welcoming me, Greg, and thank you for taking my call. I would rate AEW Revolution as an 8.5. What are your thoughts on the rating of this show? Yeah, I think that's a fair rating. Um you know, I'm thinking eight, eight point five range, so I'm right there with you, Reverend Keith. Yes, it was good from top to bottom. I had tweeted uh, at the onset of the main event around the ten forty mark that I felt that that should have gone on first, but that was before they did the uh, WrestleMania twelve flashback and rewind to the uh, sudden death. You know. Um, I can see why they had it going last. Now, if it had ended within that 60-minute time limit frame, I would have preferred that it would have gone off first. And the reason, my whole point behind that would have been it would you would have 
been able to better pace the other matches on the show. But uh, with the exception of Wardlow, Samoa Joe, I felt that all the other matches was given the bona fide amount of time that they needed to tell the story. I felt that Wardlow Joe could have gone a few more minutes longer, but I was happy that all of my predictions for this show were pinpoint accurate that each and every match, I knew that there would only be two title changes and that would be the trios title uh, changing hands and also Wardlow. Um, getting back to the main event before I move on, um, and this is my first of three points, um, Brian Danielson had stated in his pre-match promos that he was going to force MJF to wrestle and become a better sports entertainer slash wrestler at this match. I feel that he did an excellent job. And putting him over, he did an excellent job in forcing MJF to become a better technical wrestler. We all know that MJF uh, focuses on his promos, but he can wrestle when he wants to. And I felt like he really brought it tonight. It wasn't just about showing off his new eight-pack abs. He really wrestled. What were your thoughts? Yeah, this was a, a methodical match, but I wouldn't call it slow. Everything meant something. They obviously had to pace themselves for for 60 minutes beyond 60 minutes. So it was it was just well worked, and uh, you you had confidence with a guy like Brian Danielson, who's wrestled these types of matches before, that he would be able to help put together a real masterpiece. And if this wasn't a masterpiece, it came darn close to it. Um, and it what it does for the MJF character too is it takes away. One of the main criticisms babyfaces like Brian Danielson have used against him since his run on top. It's, you know, you're not a wrestler the level of a Brian Danielson. You can't go the level that a guy like Brian Danielson can. And so not only did he, you know, go the 60 minutes, he, he outlasted Brian Danielson, he beat one of the best technical wrestlers in the world today. Now, yes, it took an oxygen tank to do it, but it's MJF, were you expecting anything different? So I think it does take, um, you know, in the table of criticisms of MJF, it takes out one of the legs that uh, baby faces have used against him for a long time. And so it'll be interesting to see what new material they're able to come up with, um, whoever it is that, that challenges him next, whether it's Adam Cole. I know we've talked about that, Reverend Keith, in past episodes of Wrestling Night in America, that you know he could be the next guy in line. A little bit surprised they didn't have someone come out at the end maybe and stake their claim to, uh, to challenge MJF, but that's what television is for, and that's what the hook is for um, tuning into Dynamite this week, I suppose. But yeah, it, it was it was impressive. I, I I think everybody knew deep down that MJF was was talented in the ring. I think you know it was part of his character that he didn't. He's not someone who wants to go out. He's not like a Brian Danielson who he would go out and wrestle twenty minute matches on TV every week. You know MJF likes to pick his spots, but that doesn't mean he's a bad wrestler. So he did prove his doubters wrong tonight. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Are you a nostalgic wrestling fan? Do you want to hear about shows you haven't seen in 10, 20, maybe even 30 years? Well, I have the show for you. I'm PWTorch.com contributor Frank Pettiani, and since December of 2020, I've hosted Pro Wrestling Then and Now. Together with a rotating chair of co-hosts, we go back and review old shows from top to bottom, talk about where the wrestlers were at the time, and compare what's taking place now to what took place then. You can hear this, along with other shows, as part of your PWTorch. VIP membership with exclusive podcasts just for members compatible with the Apple Podcast app. Visit pwtorch.com slash go VIP for details and sign up for them. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I had tweeted uh, just prior to the main event that I felt that Adam Copro was going to come out and make his intentions perfectly clear. But I'm certain that they are going to save that off for an upcoming Dynamite episode. But I do foresee Adam Cole being the next challenger to MJF. But in the meantime, we may see a rematch with Brian Danielson. Um, If you saw the uh, Revolution uh, pre-show, Adam Cole was very emphatic in his promo, and he kind of alluded to the fact that he's coming back with a purpose. Mm -hmm. And with um, 
strong thoughts in mind and goals intended. So, I mean, if you read between the lines, Greg, he is definitely destined for a title feud with MJF, and I think they'll bring out the best of each other as well. Because Adam Cole can can work with the best of them. He can work with your brawlers, your power uh, wrestlers. He can wrestle uh, technical-wise, and he can match promos with MJF. So I think that would be a nice feud to kick off the spring. Yeah, I agree. I think that's really the obvious one. Um, you know, a, a lot of a lot of baby faces were elevated here with Adam Page. I mean, you could go that route again. I think he's got uh, enough momentum behind him with the win over John Moxley in what really could have been a main event match on a pay per view. Page versus Moxley in that Texas Death Match. Um, you know, you could pivot him to uh, MJF. You you know probably not Ricky Starks or Jack Perry yet. Um, if, if this was WWE and you just kind of needed a month-long feud to get to the next pay-per-view, maybe you'd do that. But with AEW, you don't have to worry about that because your next pay-per-view isn't until, I believe, May. Um, so you, you've got um, some time in there to, to play with. You don't have to rush into um, a more minor feud before you get to a major feud like an Adam Cole. So, uh, yeah, I mean, Adam Cole is the one that, that sticks out to me. He doesn't have an obvious feud right now, so um, I, I think the fans, we've seen from his live promo when he returned that the fans really are behind him. And, uh, you know, I think he's ready. I think he's ready for that uh, main event MJF feud. Now, moving on to the Hangman Page Moxley match. It was gory. It was bloody. One thing I can say about uh, AEW, they go out of their way to bring back the golden days of yesteryear, the 80s, Bud Sawyer, Tommy Rich type match. Uh, you know, your Stan Hansen, Vader matches. I don't think all of the uh, goriness is always necessary, you know, and it's a little too predictable, especially when it comes to John Moxley's matches. Now, granted, a lot of people felt that this match needed that type of ending, and, and, and rightfully so. It was a Texas death match. But when you have a, a guy by the name of John Moxley who likes to bleed every single match, it, it becomes redundant. So I'm hoping that Tony Khan, you know, stops having blood in every major uh, feud. You know, every feud doesn't have to uh, end with uh, blood. You know, the cinder blocks, the... Uh, the uh, what, what you call it, the, the barbed wire and everything else that they used. Some of it was unnecessary, but I understand that the, the, the ending was fitting, you know, and, and most of us felt that Hangman was going to win. So we, we'll see where it goes from here. I still predict a Hangman heel turn. I know you don't predict that, but we'll see. One of those two gentlemen that, that wrestled each other tonight in that bloody gory match, one of those two men will turn heel, whether it's uh, mocked or Page, I'm still predicting Page, but the way that the Blackpool Combat Club have been presenting themselves from Yuta to Claudio to, to Mox, who knows? They may turn heel. What are your thoughts on who turns heel out of Page and Mox and, and Blackpool? Um, I, I could see, you know, Moxley kind of played the heel. He was flipping off the crowd here multiple times in this match. He really played the heel, I thought, in the build-up to this more so than Adam Page. And when you have two babyface-ish wrestlers, if you wanted to turn one of them heel in the aftermath, I think you'd want them to act a little more heelish 
in the lead up. So if you know, to, to your point, Reverend Keith, about the potential of turning Adam Page heel, I think you know if AEW had that in their back pocket that they wanted to do after this match, I think they would have portrayed him a little more heelish and maybe Moxley a little more babyfaceish. But I think they turned the dials the opposite direction. Uh, I, I think Moxley was more the heel here, Page more the babyface. Um, and that's one of the reasons I have my doubts about Paige uh, turning heel, at least in the immediate aftermath of this, not saying it couldn't happen down the line. So, yeah, Yuta, I think. Claudio is the only one in the in the Blackpool Combat Club who I, I, I don't really know that I see them as a heel right now. Um, but maybe that's part of the, you know, maybe that's part of the booking decision. Maybe it's like, Turn Mox and Yuta heel, have Claudio as a babyface, but still try to keep them all together in the Blackpool Combat Club. I think that would be uh, a really interesting um, needle to thread there in terms of having a three-member group where two of them are heels and one of them are babyfaces. How how does that sustain itself? How do you move forward with that? Um, that would be interesting for me to see. That would definitely be very intriguing as well. Um, let's see if they go that route. Um, my third and final point of the night would be the women's uh, title match. Um, that was very predictable as well. I mean, they want to make this like an invasion angle or AEW originals versus WWE castaways uh, or castoffs. So they, they succeeded. Um, now, the most interesting aspect of this great <clears throat> would be who will be the next person to align themselves with uh, Jamie Hayter and Dr. Britt Baker. Now, we all know Rebel is more or less um, Dr. Britt Baker's real-life makeup artist, which is true. That's a, that's a, that's a shoot. Um, she rarely wrestles. So I'm, I'm looking at someone like a Hikaru Shida that could step in and help out um, maybe a returning Chris Statlander, that would be an excellent, those two I think would be excellent choices to align themselves with Britt and Jamie. Do you have any thoughts on who the third or fourth member of uh, Team AEW might be? I think those two that you named are right where I was going. With my with my guesses, um, Statlander. I Thank know you. she. Yes, I. <laughs> I know she's been on the shelf again with an injury. Um, I think she's getting close to coming back, and I know they had big plans for her. Uh, at least the reporting was they had big plans for her before she got hurt. She would have been in the title picture, perhaps even winning the title, had she not gotten hurt. So if they want to put her right back into that title picture, you know, have her come back, align herself at least at first with the AEW originals or whatever they're calling themselves, Dr. Britt Baker and Jamie Hayter. And, and then you got Hikaru Shida as well. You know, you got to remember that, that Shida was kind of left out. Um, she was friends with Tony Storm and Soraya when they were baby faces. And then she kind of got iced out a little bit and it's, it's, she's somehow disappeared. You know, she was a part of this, uh, a few weeks ago and hasn't really been heard from since. So I don't know if that's by design that they're keeping her out of the limelight to have, you know, it as a surprise that she comes in and unites with Hater and Dr. Britt Baker. And then we can kind of connect the dots from um, the previous 
situation with her and, and Tony Storm, or whether there's something else going on there, another reason that she hasn't been uh, associated with these acts that she was once associated with. So uh, you're right, those two are the ones that, that immediately come to mind. Searching for more great pro wrestling talk? Then join me, Jason Powell, host of the free weekly Pro Wrestling Boom podcast. Each week, you'll hear the latest news and analysis from me and my team at ProWrestling.net, along with other pro wrestling media members. Plus, the Pro Wrestling Boom podcast features long-form interviews with notable names in the pro wrestling industry. Subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Downcast, and all your favorite secondary apps, or visit us directly at PWBoom.com. Once again, that's PWBoom.com. Um, you know, I, I think Jade Cargill, the, the, the refrain you hear now is they need to get Jade Cargill involved with something more substantial, right? They've got to pivot yeah. her to the title feud and, you know, maybe, maybe she ends up teaming with with the invaders, you know, if she, if they want to keep her heel, you know, what, what more of a heelish move can you make, uh, in this storyline than being an AEW original and yet siding with the invaders, right? So if they wanted to kind of elevate yeah. her and get her into the title mix, I think Jade Cargill versus Jamie Hader is a really mm-hmm. intriguing match. Um, and, and you could have Cargill go on the other side. That would give them four, and then you could add both Chris Statlander and Hikaru Shida into uh, the, the Baker and Hater group. That's an excellent point, and I'm going to tell you why. Because Chris Statlander had been rumored to engage in a feud with Jade Cargill before her injury. Yeah. So that w- that would be excellent because that way you got four on four and it would be a twist for Jade because you're right. Jade needs to get involved in the mix with the uh, more seasoned wrestlers as opposed to constantly wrestling the um, the puffs or the, uh, you know, the pushovers, the jobbers on uh, dark and dark elevation. You know, the Burt Vixens and, and all these other people padding the, 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 uh, the, the wins. That's not helping her at all. You know, it's just giving her wins, but it's not helping her in ring wise as far as um, gaining the necessary experience to right. be looked upon as a future big time star in the women's division. So I think that was excellent. Greg, I want you guys to pray for me. I'm going in for left hip replacement surgery on uh, Wednesday, but wow. I guarantee you, I won't lose a beat. I'll be back. <laughs> and, uh, Keep me in prayer, and uh, thanks for taking my call. I love you guys. Have a blessed week. Uh, we'll do that, Reverend Keith. All the best to you. Uh, hope to hear from you as soon as you can, and um, you know, all best wishes in your uh, in your surgery and all all that. So we'll definitely keep you in my thoughts and prayers going forward here. Um, Wrestling Night in America going forward ourselves. Uh, we have one person on hold. We've got two emails to get to folks i'm here as long as you want me to be here as long as you're calling in as long as you're emailing i'll take your calls and emails so um there's room on the phone lines if you'd like to jump in 515-605-9345 press one if you'd like to talk we're going to go to uh, someone who is live uh for at least part of the show this is robbie uh, from the 916 area code robbie do you have us here yeah i got you 
Excellent. Uh, thank you for your offer to call in. I know you weren't able to stay for as long as you uh, perhaps were intending. Uh, um, <laughs> circumstances outside of your control, let's call them, have led to you uh, leaving a little early. But um, I'm glad we have you here at least to talk about the first half of the show. Yeah, no. Um, uh, yeah, we were only able to stay till uh, right after the uh, women's match. So uh, we were there for the pre-show and uh, yeah. Okay. So uh, let me first ask you about the crowd. It seemed like a, a pretty uh, sizable crowd. Um, can, you, can you give us an estimate about, you know, was it sold out? Did it look pretty close to being sold out? And how hot was the crowd for at least as long as you were there? So it definitely was not sold out. Uh, the top three upper deck sections on the hard cam side were uh, tarped off. And on the hard cam side, in like the 100 sections, I would say two or three were fairly empty. But besides that, every section was full. Okay. Excellent. Um, and what about the reaction? How uh, hot was the crowd, did it sound like? So to me, the crowd was amazing. Uh, it was one of my favorite parts of going to this event. Obviously, I'm in Northern California, so I've never been to an AEW event. I never traveled for one. I was really interested to see like what the reception was going to be, and uh, it was uh, it was pretty amazing. From start to finish, it seemed like everybody was there for what they were putting out. Um, they seem to react, you know, negatively towards the heels and positively towards the faces. And, um, yeah, I had, I, I mean, I had a great time. Was there a buzz about any particular match coming in, um, you know, when you were waiting in line, when you were walking through the concourse, when you were at your seats, did you hear, and, and maybe with the friends that you were with, uh, was there a buzz about any particular match that people were really looking forward to? So I'll say the uh, Lucha Brothers match on the pre-show had a really good buzz uh, going on for it and did not disappoint whatsoever. Um, they got a lot of good uh, crowd reaction through the entire thing. But uh, definitely uh, the Bucks versus the uh, House of Black, that had, uh, I would say, the most buzz, not only before but after. Okay. Uh, let's start with Starks and Jericho. Um the first match of the pay-per-view, um, was it, you know, I know there was matches on the pre-show. Do you think this match would have gotten a bigger reaction had it been the first match that was out in front of the live crowd? Do you think that the, having seen matches already kind of hurt the reaction for this at all? Uh, I don't think so. There was a long enough gap in between the end of the last match uh, on the pre-show and the start of it. I mean, Jericho's music hitting, uh, I would say that was one of the bigger reactions for the entire evening, at least that I heard. Um, definitely had people singing along in the crowd and getting really engaged. I mean, people standing on their feet, which was uh, kind of surprising. But, uh, no, um, it, it, was great to, it was great to start out with. And were people surprised that Starks won? I know that you know people look at Jericho as probably a bigger star, certainly a legacy star. Um, was there surprise? Did you don't sense that Starks won it? No, I think more relief than anything else. Um, <laughs> For I, sure. <laughs> I mean, to be yeah, to be completely honest, like you had said earlier in the night about some of the younger guys winning, 
it was kind of a thought in my head as as well as how is this going to go? You know, what direction are they going to take and not knowing what's going on with Ricky Starks and where he's going to be, are, you know, are they going to uh, start it off, you know, maybe have a couple of heels win in the beginning, but no, it was, uh, it was a pleasant, to, it was, it was pleasant to see him get, get the nod. Yeah, for sure. Um, match number two, Jack Perry versus Christian Cage in a final burial match. Um, a lot of the match took place, especially toward the end, up on the ramp. Um, was that difficult for anyone to see? Did you get the sense? No, not difficult at all to see. The um, the arena, which it was the first time I had been to the Chase Center, um, the screens in the center, I mean, any time if something was going on outside the ring, you could pretty much look up and see a, probably even a better view of what you had. But, uh, yeah, besides it going a little – a little long over in the uh, on the stage area. It was it wasn't too bad. What did you think of the match itself? Um, how, how did it play out live? Did, did were people really behind? It sounded like uh, Christian got some pretty good heel heat. He definitely did. Um, I was there with uh, my wife, and I I love getting her opinion on anything wrestling just because I feel like it's the fairest for a casual, you know, a, a <laughs> non-casual fan or anything. Yeah. So, um, her, she was into the match up until the last five minutes and was like wanting it to end, wanting it to finally to come to a conclusion. Like the concerto thing, I was kind of trying to explain to her and, and it just, yeah, it kind of, it was, we were ready for it to be over. You know, I'm I'm the same way with my fiance. Yeah, she's never watched wrestling until she met me. So uh, it, it's always interesting to to get her impressions and to get her thoughts on things. And uh, I, I tweeted out some of her thoughts on the um, the the John Moxley versus Adam Page match tonight. She was not a fan, not a fan of that that style match. I will say that. Support us on Patreon starting at $4.99. Get these shows ad-free and bonus VIP content. That's $4.99 on Patreon. Patreon.com slash PWTorchVIP. That's Patreon.com slash PWTorchVIP. That is the quickest, cheapest, and easiest way to support us and enjoy these shows with a streamlined listening experience. The Wade Keller Post Shows, Podcasts, and the PW Torch Daily Casts, plus some random VIP bonus content. Uh, you, you mentioned this was your first um, time at the Chase Center. What was your opinion of, of the arena itself? Uh, it was amazing. I mean, we have a, we're pretty lucky. We have the Golden One that's right up the road in Sacramento, so we have two relatively uh, new arenas that we get to go to. But um, the walk-up was, was really easy. And, um, yeah, the only thing, and I will say this, not really to take a – a shot at AEW or anything, but I've heard things about the uh, merch lines um, going to some of their events, and yeah, it it, it reminded me of a uh, like a New Japan show or something like that, where it was just one table with uh, with a few shirts, and the line was stretched like all the way down uh, <laughs> all the way down the arena, and uh, we were there ready to buy like shirts and stuff like that but as soon as you walked up and saw it it was one of those well we'll just go to our seats moments yeah that's crazy i mean it, it is crazy that this far into their existence that's still an issue you know because i mean people are going to look at that and they will they'll, they'll do the same thing you did they'll say you know if this line was was shorter 
I would buy something, you know, and those are not always people who are going to say, gee, you know, I'll, I'll just buy online or something like that. Those are people who either are going to buy at the arena or not at all. And so it does seem like they're they're missing out on uh, for as well as they're doing. Obviously, it does seem like they're missing out on a, on a good portion of um, of merch sales because they refuse or are unable to adjust and and plan for more. So that's really odd to hear that that's still happening this this far in. Um, House of Black. Well, and, they also they uh, yeah go ahead ran out uh, as well. My uh, my brother ran back to grab me a uh, the acclaimed Thumb Fingers, and uh, they that was about midway through, and they had ran out of almost everything, shirts wow. and stuff like that. So. Yeah, I mean, we would have. I like. I could solidly tell you that we were all planning on buying like signature shirts for the event and foam fingers and stuff like that. And yeah, it was gone. Wow, amazing. <laughs> I mean, truly, it's again good for AEW that they're able to sell out their inventory. But again, it just seems like they're they're leaving money on the table. Uh, House of Black winning the trios titles against the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega. Uh, this was uh, one of the top matches of the night. Just nonstop action. Was it was it hard to keep track of? Was it that kind of action, or was it um, just kind of just sit back and relax and enjoy it? Oh no, uh, no sitting back and relaxing. This was um, <laughs> kind of have to watch wide eyed at the entire uh, floor to see what was going to happen next. Um, the moment. I believe it was Buddy Matthews hit a knee off of one of the Jackson brothers that were uh, jumping off of the ropes. That might have been the loudest reaction of the entire night. I mean, everybody jumped back in their seats when when that hit. Um, and uh, there was people in the there was people in my section. I could hear them talking that were 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 negative on the Bucks winning by the false finishes and pretty much repeating like they can't do this to them again. Meaning the House of Black. And they didn't. <laughs> so, I, I guess those yeah. people were those people were relieved then that uh, that the House of Black ended up getting the victory. It, it seemed like that it, it seemed like that was the entire arena. To be honest with you, I know that uh, they were playing the Bucks and Kenny as baby faces, but the House of Black uh, they really really won everybody over by the end of that. Yeah, I, I was going to ask you about that. In a match like this, it's almost like you know the people are rooting for a good match instead of you know cheering the, the baby faces and, and booing the heels. Uh, you know, you talk about the the House of Black sort of being the house favorite there, but did you get the sense that people did not like the Bucks and Kenny? Did they did they cheer against them, or were they kind of cheering for both sides here? I wouldn't say that they're cheering against him, but the moment that Kenny and Malachi were face to face in the ring with each other, I mean, that's what everybody wanted. And that it, we got parts of that, but the, you know, the thought of having a new Japan Kenny match with Malachi black, that for a few moments there looked like we maybe get four or five minutes of it. And uh, that was a bit of a letdown, but no, I mean, they were, there was no like heel or face real in this entire thing. This was just everybody was wanting to see a good match, and by the end of it, it was everybody wanting House of Black to win. Yeah, very nice. 
the women's match, Jamie Hayter pinning uh, Ruby Riot and defeating Soraya to win the, the three-way title. Um, you know, the two baby faces, at least going into this one, only one baby face going out with Jamie Hayter and Ruby Riot. Uh, who was the crowd more on the side of? Okay, that was tough. <laughs> so my wife is a Soraya fan and uh, was really bummed when there was a Jamie Hayter and Ruby Soho chant that was going through the entire uh, arena <laughs> was leaving out uh, Soraya. But, uh, Did she me, try to get one started at least? Uh, uh, briefly. <laughs> but uh, I will say uh, shout out to Soraya. She might have had one of the pops of the night when she was in between Jamie Hayter oh, and yeah. uh, Ruby Soho, and they both started beating on her. The entire arena popped for that huge. <laughs> um. What you, would you make of the match? I mean, it, the three ways can s- sort of be messy, I said at the outset of the show, but this one I thought was held together pretty well. Um, and I assume fans were pretty happy that Hater retained. Yeah, they were, but I mean, none of it made any sense, right? I mean, as you're watching it, and even me trying to explain it to my wife, I mean, if you were going to have Ruby turn at the end of it i mean she's already out there with the green spray painted hair and all of that and it's like i mean we all knew what was coming but it was also like why did you guys wait so long to do this why did the match end the way it did if you were gonna you know if she was just gonna go on their side in the end like why isn't saraya champion right now if you were gonna do a turn so for me it was a bit confusing but like like i said this was the I, i i mean when the match started, this is when everybody got up to go get a refreshment. So it was kind of like it was what it was. Yeah, I, I wonder if that's going to be explained, uh, you hope, um, by Ruby when, you know, it may have been kind of a spur of the moment thing when she lost it. Maybe it was not something planned ahead of time that she was going to join in, but um, that's maybe the best we can hope for at this point uh, as far as an explanation. Because you're right. I mean, if she was planning on this, if she was going to join up, uh, a lot of the, the body of the match wouldn't make a lot of sense from that perspective. So uh, I know that's at the point that you guys uh, left, but from what you saw, and I don't know how much of it you saw or any that you saw uh, afterward, but it, did you get to see any of the show after this? <laughs> yeah, un- well, fortunately and unfortunately, we uh, we got home and got to see the uh, the MJF match okay. with uh, uh, yeah. So we did get to we did get to at least see that. So for at least half the show, how would you characterize your live experience of an AEW pay per view? Uh, major thumbs up. I mean, for where I sat. And for what I paid for my ticket, which I sat in the 109 section and I was 20 rows up, I would probably have to pay double what I paid just to go there for a Warriors game. And, uh, you know, so just that just that alone and getting the, you know, getting to finally experience the arena and everything else. But as far as AEW goes and the show that they put on, I mean, from start to finish, my wife and I, we've gone to a few different wrestling shows. One in particular was uh, WWE TLC. So it was a pretty action-packed show and, in the middle of this, she reached over to me and was basically just praising AEW and how it's it, how it never. Uh, it, yeah, we we had a great time. We're honestly debating going to uh, going to see Dynamite up the road uh, <laughs> on uh, Wednesday just so we could catch the show start to finish. Awesome.
You don't have to wait for the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Post Show to find out what I thought of Monday Night Raw and SmackDown each week. You can check out my reports that are updated live throughout Raw and SmackDown at pwtorch.com. My written report will tell you what's happening in detail in case you missed the show. And it'll also analyze key segments and give my random thoughts and quips on what I am watching as it airs. So check it out every Monday night and Tuesday night at pwtorch.com. That also applies to WWE pay-per-views. I cover those live at pwtorch.com with a detailed written report with star ratings. And of course, you can find other TV reports from other contributors to PW Torch, such as NXT, ROH Impact Wrestling, and more. Check it out, pwtorch.com, your first stop for TV and pay-per-view written reports. In 2012, NXT transitioned into the developmental system and ultimately the brand you see today. On the Torch VIP podcast, NXT Eight Years Back, we'll be taking a weekly look at this page in NXT's early history. Join Kelly Wells and me, Tom Stout, from PWT Talks NXT every Saturday as we go eight years back to the day to track NXT's rising talents and why they did or didn't work out exclusively for PW Torch VIP members. Uh, before I let you go, and I really appreciate you calling in and offering your live perspective, is there anything else that I didn't ask you about that you uh, feel it's important for listeners to know about uh, your live experience there tonight? Uh, not so much. Uh, well, I will say this. I've been a VIP member for about uh, three years now, and I'm, poor, I'm probably more of a, a regular listener than I am viewer of most of the wrestling shows, especially WWE these days. And AEW, I'll watch Dynamite every week and sometimes Rampage when I can. And every now and then I feel like I felt before I went to tonight's show that sometimes uh, people could be maybe hypercritical of AEW. And I will say after going, I, I feel that even more now so because as a live experience, sure, I'm, I'm sure there's things I could have pointed out that weren't as great or whatever, but they put on a hell of a show. I really did have a blast, and I'm looking. I'm, I'm hoping because I know there was mixed reviews on the turnout for the Bay Area and stuff like that with doing shows at the Cow Palace all week and whatnot, but I really do hope that they come back and that I get to go to another show. Awesome. Well, I hope you do too, and I hope if you go to another pay-per-view, you'll call in as a live correspondent again. Robbie, thanks for uh, being with us here tonight, and thanks for offering your views. Will do. Thanks a lot, man. Absolutely. And if you want to be a VIP member of PWTorch.com, just like Robbie is, you can go to PWTorch.com slash GoVAP. All kinds of ad-free audio, uh, great articles. Uh, you get the PWTorch newsletter in the mail, which is my favorite part of being a PWTorch member. So that's PWTorch.com slash GoVIP. We've only got two emails to get to. Nobody on the phone line. So if you want to call in, 515-605-9345, you'll be next up. Uh, if not, I'll bid you adieu for the evening. So uh, we'll go to the emails here. Again, you can email us anytime, WNIALivecast at gmail.com. Uh, our first set of emails is from JB from Detroit. Detroit. He says, hi, Greg. After seeing the angle following the tag match, I think it makes a lot more sense as to why TK went with the Fatal 4-Way rather than a straight rematch between the Acclaimed and the Guns. There were a lot of comedy features to the match, which made it a perfect come-down match. 
Also, the huge moment and pop that FTR were sure to get makes up for what some may have deemed as a lower quality tag match than we've been accustomed to for AEW. Also, what is next for the acclaimed? They're still incredibly over, but it looks as if the title picture is moving towards the guns versus FTR. How does TK keep the acclaimed hot and one of the more over acts in AEW? They've proven to be one of the better homegrown star stories. Uh, I agree with that. I don't really know. I think that's a fair question coming out of this is what's next for the acclaimed. You know, it's it's crazy to think that's a question we're asking tonight when I think a lot of people, apparently Reverend Keith excluded, um, saw the acclaimed winning this match. And, you know, it's quite the fall from expecting to be talking about the acclaimed as tag team champions versus, okay, not only did they not win, they're completely out of the tag title picture, one assumes. And so what's next? Uh, the good news is the acclaimed as an act uh, is – I don't think they're as hot as they were in, in the rise to and winning the championship, but they're still over. And so they don't need to be in the tag title picture. Um, they can do something on the side. Now you risk cooling them off a little bit by not having them be the focus, but they can still get a lot of TV time uh, even if they're not in the tag title hunt. So. I think Tony Khan is smart enough to know what he has with the acclaimed. After all, I, I'm not sure this trajectory was what Tony Khan projected for the acclaimed. I think he kind of rode the wave of the crowd reaction that the acclaimed was getting. And so that's an acknowledgement that this is an, an overact. And, and, and so just by the virtue of him acknowledging that, I would assume that he's going to continue giving them something meaningful to do on TV. What that is, we're not quite sure, but we can assume that. As for the, the build or the um, the way that the, the four-way was set up and how it progressed, um, I'm not really sure it was the come-down match. You had Wardlow versus Samoa Joe right ahead of it. I think that was more the come-down match for Paige Mox. It was more the setup match for the main event, You know, one that you didn't want. You still wanted fans to take a moment to kind of collect themselves. You didn't want them expending a lot of energy in that match and then being dead for the 60-minute match. You needed them sort of um, ready to go and, and you know, their um, – meter back to full <laughs> for that match. So you didn't want something that was going to kind of wear them out right ahead of time. So for that, I, I get as well. Um, JV follows that up with saying, also, I like the storytelling in the Jack Perry Christian match. Jungle Boy hesitated so much before closing the casket because this is the second time he's had to bury a father figure in his life. That was the way I took it, at least. That's a good point. I, I hadn't seen it that way. I think a lot of people were getting frustrated and yelling at their TVs. And the way the camera angle was positioned at times, you know, it had Jack Perry standing over the open casket and also shooting the entrance way. So you kind of assumed, oh, my gosh, is Luchasaurus going to come out? Is, is someone else going to come out and attack him before he can close this lid? Um, thankfully, that did not happen. You know, we're, we get a lot of that with this character, that hesitation of being, I won't even say hardcore, but going back to what I talked about earlier is sort of having that edge. And I think right now you got to throw that out. This was a defining moment, a turning point for the Jungle Boy Jack Perry character. No more of this hesitating to use a chair, no more of this hesitating to, you know, and thinking twice about, um, you know, being too violent or, or going over that imaginary line of violence that, you know, seems to have kept Jack Perry from successes 
uh, prior to this. I think this was that line-stepping moment for him. And once you cross that line, you can't go back. You can't have him go back to the, um, you know, the milk toast. Gee, I don't, you know, I don't want to offend anyone, or I don't want to go uh, be too violent or anything like that. I think you got to have him embrace what he found in this match because ultimately he was successful. He beat Christian Cage. He beat that monkey that he had on his back by beating Christian in this way. And so I think you got to go full steam ahead with him. That doesn't mean putting him right in the title picture or anything like that, but I think that's something you got to do with him. Uh, all right, and our last email. This was just sent in a couple minutes ago. Ryan from Winnipeg, so our friend to the north. He says, Hi, Greg. Just wanted to send a couple thoughts in regarding the show tonight. Great show. Super excited to see FTR back. Maybe they asked for time off, maybe not. But how can you not use these guys if they're under contract? Another part of the tag team match that surprised me was how fun Danhausen's offense was. I'm not familiar with his work, but watching him tonight was fun. The trios match was amazing, and it might be too soon to call it, but I'm willing to compare MJF to a young Rick Flair. His mic work and the way he wrestled tonight blew my mind. This guy has the potential to be, and maybe starting to prove he is, one of the all-time greats. Thanks, and have a great night. Ryan from Winnipeg. Ryan, thank you for the email. Um... Starting at the top, uh, FTR. I think one of the that's one of the complaints that fans have had about FTR not being utilized correctly. I think that's even a complaint that FTR may have gone on record with at some point. Um, they've been doing things in other countries. They've been doing things in ROH with the Briscoes. Um, so all of that seems done for now, and it's good to see them back. And it's good to see them back doing something of import in the title picture against the Gun Club. It's, it's fitting. It seems to be where they should be. They, they're finally aligned the way they should be in AEW. Um, not sure how much time they have left. I think their contracts are expiring this spring. So uh, this may be the last hurrah, I guess, is one way to look at it for FTR and AEW, uh, depending on whether or not they resign. Uh, Dan Housen's offense, I'm glad that was brought up because that was something that stuck out to me too. Uh, I'm not someone who has seen a lot of Dan Housen's independent work. You know, you see what you see in AEW with the comedy, with the very limited in-ring arsenal that he's shown so far. So for him to come out and do the things he did in this match, I think it adds another dimension to that character and a dimension that is needed. And so... Um, it's going to be a little different now when fans see him in the ring. It's not going to be just all giggles and ha-ha. It's going to be, oh, here's someone. Kind of like how Orange Cassidy, you know, he had to grow out of that role, you know, to a much lesser extent than Orange Cassidy. Um, but Orange Cassidy had to grow out of that role that people saw him in of this guy who just does moves in slow motion. And I think over time, he won over a, a pretty good portion of the AEW fans who just saw him as a one-note gimmick at first. I'm not sure Danhausen will ever get to that point where he's, you know, contending for titles and holding titles the way uh, singles titles the way Orange Cassidy is, but there are some similarities into and I think how people viewed them at first and then how that perception has changed over time. And and it's going to be, you know, something that doesn't happen overnight with Danhausen. I think it'll be over a longer period of time. And then MJF, you know, comparing him to Ric Flair, you, you want to be careful anytime you compare anyone to the all-time greats. Um, you don't want recency bias to come into play or anything like that. That being said, I don't think it's a stretch 
to compare MJF in some ways to Ric Flair. Uh, I was just complimenting MJF's in-ring work earlier, saying it was better than most people probably would like to give him credit for, but I still don't think it's at the level that Ric Flair was at in his prime. And there's nothing to be ashamed of, of for that. You know, Very few wrestlers are uh, as talented as Ric Flair was in his prime. So that's not necessarily a knock on MJF. That's just, you know, he's he's really good, and I think he's better than a lot of people think or better than a lot of people want to give him credit for, but he just may not be at that level, and he may never be, and that's okay. You know, he's good at what he does. Um, excellent. He's great at what he does outside of that. So, um, yeah, MJF is... As far as being one of the all-time greats, um, you know, he's shown his promo ability, his character ability, um, that he is one of the greats today. Uh, Not ready to to crown him just yet, but, you know, another several years of this high-level consistency, I think, will put him in that conversation. and. You know, whether or not he goes to WWE, I know there are a lot of people who think that he's already re-signed with AEW and all this talk of going to WWE is just kind of a ruse and it's just kind of MJF being MJF where he's just trying to work everybody. Um, but it, it is interesting to think about putting MJF in that WWE environment. What does that look like? How does his character change? You know, we saw Cody Rhodes be taken out of the AEW environment and put into WWE with almost no change. You know, he's still the American nightmare. He's still got the neck tattoo, although there you can't really change much about that. But he still has the theme music. Um, so I, I think that gives confidence to people who like this version of MJF or are entertained by this version of MJF and maybe worried about what that would look like in WWE, would they turn him into a Miz-like character? Well, uh, you know, precedent with Cody Rhodes says no. Um, although that was, you know, a deal negotiated by Cody and Vince McMahon. Um, would Triple H look at MJF the same way? I don't know. Um, all very interesting to think about. Uh, but yeah, MJF. He earned his stripes tonight, and I think in a lot of the the eyes of a lot of people who who saw this match as kind of a prove it to me match for MJF. I think he proved it to a lot of people tonight. So again, another good AEW pay-per-view. Chalk another one up uh, in the win column for AEW. So um, next Sunday night, 8 p.m. Eastern, we'll be going on the air and I'll have a co-host from the PW Torch family to talk uh, AEW Revolution Fallout, what happened on Dynamite and Rampage in the coming week. And, and uh, you know, they're going to start setting the table and for the next pay-per-view and, and aligning things coming out of this show the way they want uh, moving forward. So that's going to be something we'll talk about. Of course, we are deep now into the road to WrestleMania, so we'll be looking at uh, that as well on Sunday night on Wrestling Night in America. Hope you can join us, 8 p.m. Eastern, pwtorchdailycast.com. Don't forget, you can find me on Twitter, at Greg M. Parks. Thanks for everybody for listening, for contributing via email, for calling in, everything that you do to participate each and every week here on Wrestling Night in America. I'll talk to you again next Sunday, because if it's Sunday, it is Wrestling Night in America. Now you can subscribe to our VIP podcast lineup within the Apple Podcast app using your Apple account. That's new as of March 2022. Just search PW Torch in your Apple Podcast app and you'll see the PW Torch Daily Cast logo show up. That's our free show that's been around forever. And also the PW Torch VIP Podcast logo. 
There is a free show every week. So subscribe, even if you don't plan to go VIP and get a sample of our VIP tier programming. But if you click subscribe, then you'll become a VIP member instantly with a three-day free trial, after which your Apple account will be charged. So you don't need to take out your credit card, debit card, or go anywhere else. If you listen to our free shows on Apple Podcasts, you are five seconds away from being a VIP member with a three-day free trial. So we invite you to check it out. That includes dozens of VIP shows throughout the week, including VIP versions of the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling post shows and podcasts and daily casts. All those episodes are presented to VIP members with ads and plugs removed, along with VIP exclusives like our post-pay-per-view roundtables, the Wade Keller Hotline, The Fix with Todd and Wade, everything with Rich and Wade, and many other VIP exclusive shows. Just search PW Torch within the Apple Podcasts app. It is not too late to make a New Year's resolution, even if it's no longer the time when people are saying Happy New Year, especially if you're looking to get fit and have nutrient-dense food that's going to give you energy without a bunch of sugar, salt, fat, and processed stuff that just doesn't serve your body well. And one way to do that is with home delivery of Factor chef-prepared meals. Fuel up fast with ready-to-eat nutritious meals delivered straight to your door, leaving you time and energy to tackle everything on your to-do list and you don't have to cook before you settle in to watch wrestling during the week. Achieve and maintain your 2023 goals with Factor. It is America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit. Start saving time, eating well, and living your best year yet. You've heard me talk about these before, I suspect, and I order Factor meals on my own, whether they sponsor the show or not. I'm a believer in these meals. Sometimes I'm just too busy to cook, even though I like to cook. But I know when I'm eating good food, and it's so nice knowing those Factor meals are in the refrigerator, fresh, never frozen, with whole food, healthy ingredients, ready to be microwaved in just over two minutes, and I'm eating. I don't have to wait 45 minutes for delivery and pay a tip. And frankly, so often that delivered food is full of fat, it's deep fried. You're not going to get that with Factor meals. No matter your lifestyle, Factor has delicious flavor-packed meals to help you live life to the fullest. There's keto, calorie smart, vegan and veggie, and protein plus options on the menu each week. They are prepared by chefs and approved by dietitians. Each meal has all the ingredients you need to feel satisfied all day long. You don't have to calorie count or try to figure out how much protein or carbs you're getting. They balance it for you. With 34 chef-prepared, dietitian-approved weekly options, there's always something new to try. I always look forward to hitting refresh on the Factor website and seeing the new date pop up for the meal plan a couple weeks out and selecting the meals that I want. You don't have to select meals. They will automatically send you their selection based on your prior selections, but you can customize it too. Get Factor and enjoy clean eating without the hassle. Simply choose your meals and enjoy fresh, flavor-packed meals delivered to your door, ready in just two minutes in the microwave, no prep, no mess. Head to factormeals.com slash wade50. That's a new website and a new code this month. Head to factormeals.com slash wade50 and use code wade50 to get 
this is clever, 50% off your first box. That's code WADE50 to get 50% off at factormeals.com slash WADE50. Treat your body right, give yourself more energy, and save time and money with Factor Meals and get 50% off with coupon code WADE50. One way that you can help us sustain our schedule of putting out podcasts throughout the week is by giving us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. Just go to Apple Podcasts and look for our Wade Keller Processing Podcast and Wade Keller Processing Post Show and give us a five-star rating. We hope you think we've earned that score with our fast turnaround times and our quantity and quality of wrestling analysis throughout the week. So take a moment out for us and do us a favor and give us a five-star rating at Apple Podcasts. That helps us on search returns and helps us grow. And if you want, you can add a few comments about what you like about the programs in the comments section. Thank you so much.